Hi all, welcome back to another podcast. Today we're starting with Brentford and I've got Joe on. How are you doing, Joe? Good, thank you. Um, so I've known you because you taught me at Brighton and I know you've been a Brentford fan for a long time now. So when did you first start supporting Brentford? Yeah, good question. I, I, I did that unusual thing in those days. When I was young in the late 70s, early 80s, everyone... Uh, supported Liverpool or Manchester United. That's just what people did, maybe Arsenal. Yeah. And I did the unusual thing of supporting a team near where I lived, you know. Um, and I was born and brought up in southwest London uh, around a sort of, if you know it, Hampton, Teddington, Kingston, Richmond area, that sort of area. So I suppose there were quite a few teams nearest to me. I, mean, I suppose if I had been really uh, proper about it, I should have supported Richmond and Hampton who, of course, are a non-league team, but that didn't appeal. But my best friend at school, coincidentally, his dad went to Brentford a lot. So when I was about, I'm going to say, 12, 13, in the early 80s, um, he would go and he would take his son, obviously, and me. And we'd go, and I'd, you know, only three or four games a season. And it was quite fun. I mean, it's always been a team that, um, well, well, at the time, was low down the leagues and... So the crowd, there weren't really any hooligans or anything. It was quite family orientated and it was just a nice atmosphere. And the, the fans were quite comic and used to take the mickey out of the team, you know. So, you know, I've got a soft spot for it. I mean, ironically, my friend then went to work and had a friend who was an Arsenal season ticket supporter. So I sort of started supporting Arsenal and I stuck with Brentford. But um, I mean, as I probably told you in the lessons, I was one of those fans that that would always be like, keeping an eye on the team and every, stuff like that. But and I only went, but I, you know, I was living in Brighton. I only watched three or four games a season. I would be a real fair weathered fan where I, I would know, you know, the main players, but not really much. And I was just saying before we started this recording that I, the last year I've got quite seriously involved. So I now am able to tell you about the whole squad and what have you. Um, I, one memory before we get onto the present, I remember uh, the, I think it was 2013 when we were playing Doncaster in the last game of the season in League One and if we won we went up and if they won they went up and we got a penalty in the 90th minute and the captain stepped up to kick it who'd taken all the penalties and this young bloke young Italian who was good just pushed him out the way and said no I'm taking it <laughs> and he took it and he whacked it straight up hit the crossbar went flying back the other way so far that the Doncaster players ran onto it and scored at the other end no so we, and, we, and we went from being up to the playoffs and then we obviously lost but ironically to Yeovil who then went down and now non-league virtually we went up the next season I mean we were too good for that division and then we somehow stayed in the championship for a few seasons unlike the last time we went up was 30 years ago we went up for one year went down and we finally went up about six seven years ago and we stayed up so we you know we'll get on to all that um yeah and I remember quite vividly not being at the game but it was on Football Focus, you know how they go around the grounds, but this was League One. Nobody goes to League One on Football Focus. And they went, oh, it's all kicking off at Brentford. And they stuck with the game live on audio because it was such a big moment. <laughs> and there were some great pictures after the game of a camera behind the Brentford goal where everyone's really excited. And then all the players just watched the goal in the distance and with their heads in their hand. And So anyway, yeah, um, I'm, I'm going on. I'm sure you've got other questions. I, I remember a similar incident happened between Leicester and Watford where knockout Mr. Penn and then Deeney went down the other end and then Watford ended up getting promoted. But yeah, it's great <laughs> to see uh, Brentford finally getting up into the Premier League. Yeah. Promoted via the playoff final um, after yeah. losing Fulham the year before. How did you feel going into last season's playoff final after the previous loss? Oh, uh, the one just recently, not last yeah, season. Yeah. I, I suppose last season is the one that's just gone, isn't it? I... Um, well, the semis were very similar because uh, the year before we were playing Swansea in the semi and we went 1-0 down first leg and then we won the second leg quite convincingly. That was like Watkins' last game virtually. He scored a nice goal. And we got to the final and we're playing Fulham. And I remember thinking that it was quite an even game on paper. I actually went to the pub and watched it. I've got two Fulham friends and they obviously went mad. But one of them did say to me, do you know what? I hope we don't win because you just go up, you get your pants pulled down every week and it, it's just a nightmare. And he was right because Fulham were rubbish. And yeah. of course, the big, the big quote, the big um chant at the moment is "Bees up Fulham down." Obviously, bees up Fulham, <laughs> um, which is quite amusing. And of course, they went up, and there were no fans. And now, with hindsight, not going up last year was genius because now we're going up when we can actually go to the ground. Anyway, going into the this year's, uh, the first thoughts were: I've got a friend who's a Bournemouth fan, very good friend, 
And we, a couple of games before the end of the season, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, it was really weird. Where's last season? We could have gone up in second the day on the last couple of games of the season, last day of the season. This season, it was really weird. With about three games to go, we knew who were third to sixth. So oh, none wow. of us could catch second and, and seventh couldn't catch sixth. So it was a bit, a bit of a weird one. And um, Bournemouth decided to start resting players and things like that. And my, my Bournemouth friend said, I don't know what they're doing because you've got to have momentum going in. And we, we actually won all our games going into it. And we had momentum. We were third as well. But we, we were something like fourth or fifth. And I remember thinking, well, Bournemouth are going to be third. And hopefully we, we will be fourth. So we'll play them in the final because we're the best two teams left. And then they had a shocker, ended up sixth. We ended up third because we kept winning. And um, so, of course, we played Bournemouth in the semis. And I was like, oh, God. And then the first leg, we went, it was my first trip to the new ground. They wouldn't let you in the ground, but we, they, they opened up on the lounges. And you could pay a tenner to be there with loads of our Brent fans. And, and of course, again, like the year before, we lost 1-0. And then, of course, the away, the home match, they let 4,000 fans. Now, I wasn't there because you had to have so many loyalty points. And I've only got about 800 and you needed 3,000. And... Um, yeah, apparently the atmosphere was amazing and we won and all that. So it was very similar build-up. And then in the final, I remember thinking that we genuinely should win this. Look, unlike last time with Fulham, it was all a bit first time for us. Fulham had come down and all that. But I really thought we were the better team. But obviously you're nervous. And we went to, a, again, I couldn't get a ticket, um, went to the pub. This, the, the friend who introduced me to Brentford, he yeah, now sure. sports Brentford again, funnily enough, and <laughs> lives in Ealing, so he's really nearby. And we've got our season tickets here. So there's mine, uh, Joe Kyle, and there he is, Chris Garvey. So we're now season ticket holders. They only arrived yesterday. And we went to the pub, and we, of course we scored early. And then we scored again quite quickly. Oh, no, no. What happened is um, Tony almost scored. A, I don't know if you saw the game. It was spectacular. He was, on, he was miles out. He, he volleyed this ball, hit the underside of the cross. And then we scored again, 2-0. And I just thought, we're all over them. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And But you're nervous because you think, well, anything can happen in football. But they just... I think they had, like, one shot on target. And mm. so it was one of those games where you just sort of thought, for A, it's our time. We, we didn't play with nerves, whereas I think we did against Fulham. Even though we still held our own, it went to extra time and all that sort of thing. And we're probably better. I, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's a Norwich fan, and I said, what did you think? And he said, well, I only started watching the Fulham game halfway through, well, the start of the second half. He said, there was only one team trying to win it. And it was us, obviously. Fulham mm. got, to be fair, great free kick. But, but you know, we were nervous going, where's this time? It just felt like it was our time. Yeah. And, and we were just better than them. Yeah. Um, they had a moment where they had a, a what was the name of that bloke? Aya, who's now gone, obviously, from Swansea. He had this great chance to start the second half. And it was a ball came in, a glancing head, and he just missed. So it didn't even count as a shot on target. But if that had gone in, who knows? You know, 2-1. Yeah. Anything can happen. But they'll find themselves predictable. So, exactly. Yeah. But he missed. And, you know, 10 minutes to go, you're thinking, surely we've won this. I was actually – and you'll understand this, Josh, because you know me. But um, with about a quarter of an hour to go, we uh, uh, Swansea was something like 20 to 1 to win. So I stuck 10 quid on just in case. Yeah, you may as well. Yeah. Uh, I have a Chelsea friend who, for the Champions League final, stuck 200 quid on City to win, just in case. Cause yeah, I get that. Oh, I actually did that this year as well. With I put money on Bournemouth when we were in the semis, and then we beat them. And then I put money on Swansea, uh, as in before the game. But then when the game was happening, I just put small. I mean, I put, yeah, a couple hundred quid on as well. Um, <laughs> because to me, I'd pay £200 to be in the Premier League. Exactly, uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah, I agree with that view. And the main change between the season before and the season last is your strikers. So you sold Watkins, obviously, and you brought in Tony. Well, you so, lost Ben Rama as well, of course. True, yeah, you lost to West Ham. So um, if you were to compare the two strikers directly, Watkins and Tony, I know they're different styles, but yeah. which do you think is the better striker? Mm. Um, yeah, strike as in scoring goals. It's a, it's a really tough one. Like what I mean, as I just said to you earlier, this is the first season where I've watched literally every game, whereas before it's been, you know, just fair yeah. weather supporter. And, and what's been really impressive about Tony, obviously he scored 31 goals, which is a record, probably more than Watkins got. Uh, he also got 10 assists, which for some yeah. is basically goal hanging. That's impressive. And what, <laughs> what a lot of people won't have seen if they watch every game is he's, he, you know, obviously the pressing game, he's really good at that. But when there's a corner or something, he'll come back. And he's heading the ball out almost as much as our central defenders. Hmm. He's been awesome coming back. So he's just been an amazing all-round player. Now, like I said, I haven't 
watch Watkins as much. I mean, obviously, you know, I saw quite a lot of him. I don't remember him being that sort of person that came back as well. He just sort of stood on the halfway line and scored great goals. But yeah, um, I, I mean, obviously, the big next question is, will he make the transition? And I, who no, nobody knows for sure. But I don't know. He's got a swagger about him. He, I don't know if you saw there was an interview with Sky a couple of days ago. And yeah, then Morley said, how do you think it's going to go? And he said, well, we're going to... No, he didn't say we're going to win the league. We aim to win the league. And he got a lot of abuse on Twitter. But basically, yeah, you've got a big... He, he did say it doesn't mean we're going to do it. And they, they said didn't. they said something along the lines of, oh, do you think you're going to hit 15? He said, I'm aiming for 20. You know, that sort yeah. of thing. Just, but you know... You've basically. got to be punchy, haven't you? And yeah. I, I mean, my worry is that... Um, because uh, it's one of these things... The, the good thing about Tony and us going to Premier League is everyone's talking about Tony. So no one realises, and we'll get onto it, but there's a lot of other good players. Um, but the bad thing is, I think that the good teams with good defence, he'll struggle, or they'll just put two men on him or something like that. I mean, yeah. he's quite good, he's strong. He's quite good at holding the ball off, laying off. I mean, And we're a team where goals can come from elsewhere. I think Mbeo's going to have a really big season. He was a bit in and out last season, but when we went three at the back, because, well, we'll come to that, but we had injuries, so we had to go three at the back, two up front. He was, rather than playing the three up front where... And Bear was on the right. He was now playing two with with Tony, and being a bit more central really worked for him. In the last three or four games of the season, he was key in the Bournemouth match and was good in the Swansea match as well. And I, I, I he's still only twenty two or something, but he he could really make the step up. But I, I hope Tony makes a step up. He's certainly got the bottle for it. He's, he's strong. He's all rounder. Who knows? But. He had a 51% goal involvement in Brentford, which is just ridiculous. Let's say, yeah. let's say they um, score 40 goals next season, then in theory, you'd say he's involved in 20. That's a pretty good record for a new striker to come up. And yeah. Watkins managed 13 last season. I, I can see Tony rivaling that because yeah. from what I've seen from Watkins, I've seen more of him than Tony, but yeah. I don't actually think he's that great a finisher. I just think he gets in those positions and he misses a lot of big chances. But yeah. I think what's interesting yeah. about Tony as well. I mean, all the the Twitter lot, like you know, somebody will say something nice about Tony, they'll just say old pen merchant, you know, because yeah. eleven of his thirty-one uh, goals were penalties. But that's actually a strength of his. I don't know whether you've ever I, seen Tony take a penalty. I've he seen him. He's so keeper. cool. Yeah, he stares at the keeper and he waits and waits and waits. He watches them dive and just puts it the other way. Yeah. And then, if you notice in the playoff final, which was his last penalty. He scored, but the goalie went the right way. And I, th- I think what happened is he was staring, staring, staring. The keeper didn't move. So yeah. maybe he's got a plan where if he doesn't move, I'm going to put it there. So he did that. The goalie goes the right way, but of course he doesn't get to it. Yeah. And it'll be fascinating. I mean, there are other players who do that, but not many. And honestly, he, he had a penalty in the playoff final and I was just like, he's going to score. Yeah. Not miss it. <laughs> yeah. And in interviews, he's clearly super confident, but you know, what's wrong with that? It- Could have really done with him in the Euros final, couldn't we? <laughs> He would not have missed. Yeah. Honestly. Just bring him along and stick him on at the end. Yeah. Steel, honestly. He's got it's it's a similar technique, I guess, to the Bruno Fernandes and Jorginho, except he doesn't do the yeah. skip, he just sort of waits. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he doesn't do that weirdness. He just strolls up, takes yeah. three steps, strolls up, and while he's strolling up, he's staring. I mean, I mean, you know, let's see. I mean, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is just being on Match of the Day. I mean, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. And, I mean, we should probably talk about some of the other players because obviously everyone's going to be going, oh, Tony. But that, I, I can't wait for people like, you know, Linux to go, who's this Janel fellow? He's good. <laughs> we, we bought this German under 21 this time last year for, for half a million. And honestly, I think he's our best player. Um, really? I, I, I was at the Valencia game on Saturday, the, the friendly, and... We tried out some of the other new players we'll talk about as well, but he he was awesome. Basically, he's he's 21, he's quite big, six or something. He's big, and he's the sort of player that if he gets whacked, he just looks at them, just gets up and gets on. None of this rolling <laughs> around. And yeah. he's he's just absolute, he's a machine, honestly. No nonsense. Oh, and he scored a few cracking goals as well. I mean, not many, but the sort of thing. I mean, playoff semi he came up with this absolute perler. Um, I, I honestly I think he's the one to I mean, people are talking about our signings. We we signed Chris um, Aya or Aja, however you want yeah. to say it. I've seen um, he got rec- he got recommended to Thomas Frank by a Norwegian manager who said that he's definitely going to slot in really well yeah. into Premier League football. A lot of clubs. Well, I, I heard somewhere that he we've been watching him since he was sixteen. That, that, that um, I mean, just back back a bit of the history. We, we you know we were League Two, went up to League One. Matthew Benham took us over, uh, bought, yeah. bought us. And he's unusual in that he's not a rich Arab or rich Russian or whatever. 
uh, whatever you know with billions but he's got millions and That's yeah amazing, and he's, right? a, he's a he's a brentford man he's, he's my age and he's been supporting them since yeah like me late 70s and he, he he cared you know and he got a couple of people in to be directors of football phil giles who worked from it is is um he's basically a professional gambler worked from at the company and this bloke called rasmus ankerson who is Danish and I think semi-pro and did a bit scout. Anyway, these two have been on the case and they're the ones who keep buying for a million, selling for 20, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's like money, ball, isn't it? Oh, God, it's ridiculous. And apparently he had his eye on Aya when, before he went to Celtic. Wow. And it yeah. didn't quite work out. And then he went to Celtic. And of course, for Celtic, until last year, they were winning championships, Champions League. And I saw him play on Saturday and... He, he, you know, as you say, fits in with Brentford, as in we've got three central defenders who can play on the ball. He can clearly do that. I think he plays centre mid for Norway when he was younger, something like that. Yeah. And I mean, my one of my worries going into the Premier League is it looks like we, we lost our right back, um, Dalgar, but basically he was 30 something and wanted to go back home to Denmark. Fair enough. So I think even though Thomas Frank prefers 4 3 3. I think we're going to go through at the back because we've got Pinnock and Janssen, uh, Janssen, uh, Janssen, yeah, yeah, it's Jansen, Jensen and Janssen, uh, Pontus, as we call him. Oh, They've been our centre backs with our left and right. But if it's just those two with this air in, three at the back, I think it'll work. My worry is that we'll have five in the middle and we've got um, Canos on the right, who's good, but he's more attacking. So yes. the goal we let in against Valencia, it was a little bit of a ball over the top and he was caught a bit too high up the pitch. Yeah. You know, and against better sides. I mean, Valencia is sort of a mid-table sp Spanish team, a bit like playing, I don't know, Southampton or something. I don't know. Yeah. So it was a good test for the last friendly. But, I, yeah, that's my worry. But um, going forward, I hope we do what we normally do and scare a few teams. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that a couple of years ago, Pontus Janssen made the switch from Leeds to Brentford. Yeah. I think he clashed a lot with Bielsa because he's a bit of a character. Yeah, so, oh, like, he's definitely that. Yeah. He, he, he was in the Leeds playoff final the year they lost. Then he came to us and that's the year that Leeds went up and we lost the playoff final. And then he was in this playoff. So he was in three playoff finals. Yeah. Poor bloke. Yeah. Definitely his time. And I was just reading this morning. I mean, I knew this sort of, but our other, uh, even Pinnock, he, he was non-league and we got, he, I think he played a bit for Burnley and then he came up to us two years ago, was it? He plays for Jamaica, I think. And, yeah, he's just really calm and he'll he'll be player of the team a couple of times this season. Well, if we, in games we don't let a goal in. <laughs> and the big difference with Brentford over the, the years where we almost made it in the years we the last two years, we always score goals. You know, Watkins before, remember there was um oh what's his name? Brighton now. Morpe, Neil Morpe. We had him the year before. Um so we we're always scoring goals. Our problem was leaking goals. And I think the last two years we've solved that, well, got better at that. So we, I mean, last season, maybe even the season before, we weren't just scoring the most goals, but we were conceding maybe third, second or third fewest. And so you put those two things together. A friend of mine once said the most interesting stat for him in a league table is goal difference. Yeah. And yes, the, the team with the best goal difference is probably going to be in top three or four. And we, we tend to have the best goal difference. So, yeah, our defence is better. I, I like also looking into um, expected goals and expected yeah. stats. And um, I had a look into just your average per game and you were expected to score 1.66 last season, which is a great record. And um, Tony outperformed his expected goals tally by about four or five. Christ, and really? that that's the sort of stats you get from players like Hume-Min Son and Harry Kane in the Premier yeah. League. Usually it, it suggests you're like a lethal finisher. You're making yeah. more of the chances than they are rated. So yeah, certainly a good well, sign of things to come. Yeah, and I've heard a lot about the fullbacks. If you're playing a three-five-two, so you're going to have wing backs now who bomb yeah, on. Yeah. So I've heard Rico Henry is a great yeah, player. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned him. He, he at the start of last season, everyone's saying, "Well, he's the best left back in the championship," and he looked awesome. And I remember vividly. I think it was halfway through our spell where we lost quite a few games in a row, and he was running down the left. You know how when you're trying to control a ball, you just put your leg out a bit, hamstring. Yeah. And he was essentially oh. out for the rest of the season. So he's a bit under the radar now because people weren't talking about him because he was injured. And mm. he played in the friendly on against Valencia and he looked back to his best. He's, he's so quick. And he, yeah, he, he looks more like a left winger than a back. But when he, he'll chase back and there'll be someone on the right wing and he will, they will not get past him. <laughs> he is so quick. And, yeah. and so I'm expecting a big season from him. 
Um, uh, Janel, I've mentioned. Uh, the two Danish players who were, I haven't really seen much because, of course, they got to the semi-final of the Euros. So, you know, had a holiday and stuff. Obviously, everyone knows about Norgard. He's just your quality midfielder, you know, whatever. Jensen, who's the, the other one, and he still hasn't played yet. I think he might be carrying a little injury. Um, I remember listening to a podcast, Besotted podcast, if you want to know about it. He's very good, saying, oh, we're going to get good Jensen or bad Jensen. And he's the sort <laughs> of player that will have a horrible game or an absolutely awesome game. I mean, if you go right. on YouTube, the, get, the goal we scored last year in the semi-final of the playoffs, where Watkins scored and we went through, the ball through from Jensen is absolute world-class quality. It's ridiculous. And that's good Jensen. So, I mean, if you've got him playing balls like that through to... To, to, to Tony up front, it, yeah, we could really cause some trouble. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And um, um, I mean, and obviously the, the, the other new signing we haven't mentioned is Onyeka. Yeah, Onyeka. I was about to say, because um, Mityaland, the Denmark team, they're like a feeder club for Brentford in a way I've heard, because Benham also owns shares. That's right. Them. So, yeah, they often sign a lot of players and he's like a box-to-box midfielder. That's right. That's right. He uh, the, When the rumours were happening about a month ago, there was some quite amusing things on Twitter where people would say, you know, say, oh, we might be getting on Yeka, blah, blah, blah. And people saying, oh, right, that's, that must be an interesting discussion. Matt Benham talking to Matt Benham about whether to buy this player. <laughs> yeah, not difficult. But yeah, I saw him. He played on, on Saturday and yeah, he's going to, he's the sort of person. I remember when I used to play a bit of football, uh, we had this intramural competition at my university at Warwick. And I remember vividly this player, I got to, we got to the final and we played this team in the final and only beats one nil. And I remember this player, and he, and bearing in mind, it's a much lower level and we're all unfit. He just wouldn't stop for 90 minutes. And I just thought, how are you doing that? Yeah. You know, and, and, and he's like that. To be, to be fair, Jan was like that as well. But he, he, and he scored a goal. And we were like, oh, blimey. So he was running all over the place, you know, closing people down. Then he scored our winner. A really nice goal. And you're thinking, blimey, he could be good. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I... It, Funny enough, I don't know whether you saw it in the Observer, they did their sort of, you know, on Sunday review of the Premier League. And they did that thing where they asked fans, not, not um, you know, doing their own assessment. So each club had their, you know, fanzine, fan, whatever. And they did all the things. They had a little chat, best player, worst player. And who do you think is going to win top four, bottom three? And I, I, I was looking at it and I was fascinated. So I, I made a tally. That's how boring I am. And um, uh the, the, uh, bear in mind, no one voted for themselves. There's only 19 votes. 15 people voted for Watford to go down. <laughs> um, 11 for Norwich. And then the next two were Brentford on eight and Burnley on eight. And then yeah. it was Newcastle six, Palace seven, two for Wolves, two for Brighton. And then brilliantly, the Tottenham bloke put Arsenal in, which was very <laughs> amusing. So they got one vote. But and I, I've looked at the betting. I mean, we are the one that came off in the playoffs, but... They, you know, the, the three promoted teams are the three worst in the betting, but we're the third worst, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. And so they have us down as least likely of the three to go down, which is interesting. I suppose it's style of play. I'd like to think we're going to be more like Leeds and less like Fulham going up. Um, I think another thing that's playing into it is your starting fixture, fixtures. It's actually a really nice start to the season. Yeah. If you look at um, your fixtures compared to Norwich's, yeah. like Norwich have, what, all the top six in the first 10 or something. If you can yeah. maybe get 10 points from your first six, that puts you yeah. in like a really good place to gain momentum. And yeah. yeah, it's just a good spot to be in. I think that's what promoted teams relish offer. Like a good fixture list can actually make the most yeah. difference for them. So. Yeah, I mean, our second game is Palace away. Funnily enough, I tried to buy the tickets, finally went on sale yesterday, tried to buy a ticket. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Because, uh, I mean, the genius of going up is there's loads of London teams. I mean, I live close, yeah. I now live in East London, as you know, and I live closer to Palace, to Tottenham, to Arsenal, marginally to Chelsea, you know, uh, uh, West Ham, of course. Um, I, I, they're nearer games to me. So, of course, I went on the site and they said, right, well, they've only given us 2,000 tickets. And so season ticket holders only, that's me, great. Uh, but you need 3,450 taps, to, to, and I've got 835. Yeah. So I'm starting to think, am I going to see any of these again? I mean, hopefully uh, the Tottenham's and Arsenal's will release, I don't know, five to 10,000 tickets, and I might yeah. be able to watch some of those. But it looks like I'm not going to Palace. But, I mean, Palace away, they've got... I mean, they're one of the ones that are a bit like that last season. They're hot and cold. They've got Vieira in, who's yeah. brilliant, but a bit unproven. So second game of the season when they're not settled, that's that seems like points to me. And and that's a that's a must-win game for them because that sandwich is about five of the top six either side as well. Them and Norwich have really tough 
starting yeah. fixtures. So he could come under a lot of pressure. I seem to remember a few years back, Palace um, lost six or seven of their foot out of the first seven, and their manager got sacked. And they brought in Roy <laughs> Hodgson, but obviously he's left now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just shows well, how important these fixtures are. Oh God, yeah. Funny you should mention that though, because my, one of my worries is that certainly two years ago, maybe even last year, we actually started quite slowly. Oh really? Uh, I've got a feeling when Thomas Frank came in, and I think that might have been the start of three years ago. He lost something like eight of his first 10 games. But Matthew Benham, the owner, he's he's a real proper long-term thinker. And he could see that he was the right man and just let him go. There was this great story I saw recently when um, he was talking, like there's some talk about, you know, uh, oh, you know, you might go up this season. And what do you think your chances are? And apparently he said, oh, 47.3%, because he's obviously <laughs> a massive odds person. He's not like, yeah, we're going to go up. Or, yeah. You know, he just... He's, he's worked it all out. And, and I mean, these players we get in cheap and so, uh, I mean, they, they've, they've done, they've looked at the stats. I mean, looking at the players, they play our type of football. It's not like, oh, we've gone up, let's buy some big names. They just, wh who, what's the right player? What's the mm -hmm. right player for our team? So, I mean, we could go down. Of course we could go down. But firstly, if we go down, I'm going to have a great year. Mm -hmm. And if we, if, and if we do go down, we'll, we'll probably be super strong next year. Yeah. Well, actually, they're in it, you know. But I, do you know what? I, I, I mean, we're, we're we're odds on to stay up. We're six to four on, which seems a bit harsh to me. I, I, I want better odds than that. I'm not putting money on at six to four on. But if we lose at Arsenal on Friday and we suddenly go out to even money, I'm really tempted to have a bet. I mean, I, I do think we're going to stay up. I think yeah. that will be, we only need three worst teams, uh, and I think it's Watford, Palace. And then, you know, why not Newcastle? Norwich, Norwich, I don't rate too highly. Maybe we'll get onto it a bit later, but yeah. Um, I think because of the way Brentford play as well, it's quite heavy metal football, you know, all out, all pressing. And I remember last season, Fulham came up and played this. The year before, they dominated the championship with possession base, you know, yeah. keeping the ball. But you can't do that in the Premier League if yeah. you're a small team. So those sorts yeah. of teams that, you know, just play quite timidly and tame, they yeah. don't seem to do that well. Teams well, like funny. Leeds, who've had a go, have done really yeah. well, obviously. So. Well, funny you should say that, because one, one of the only games we lost in the last 10 or 15 last, last season, just gone, uh, was against Norwich, obviously. 1-0 uh, at Norwich. And I was, I was texting with my, my friend, and he was saying that he was really impressed with Brentford because no team had come to Norwich and really had a go like that. And we mm. were properly pressing them. And, and he, he said, do you know what? You are the next best team in this league or, or on a par with... And I remember the season before, my Leeds fan, he came, we went to watch Leeds-Brentford. So this is what... I, and it was one all. And he just looked at me and said, these are the two best teams in the league. And if you remember, West Brom went up automatically and we were really close. West Brom held on for second. They only won four of their last 11 games. They were rubbish going in. Yeah. You know? And we were I a better that. team than them. I mean, I'm, I'm now glad we didn't go up because... We're now up this season when, you know, but yeah. blimey, we won eight in a row and then lost our last two. We've totally bottled it. But what people forget about that, yes, Brentford bottled it, but West Brom bottled it. They should have mm -hmm. been like, what, what, what for this season went well clear of us? And the only difference is they, they won when we drew. We both mm -hmm. only lost seven games and they, and fair play to them, you know, they were winning games and they were well clear of us. Uh, and that, by the way, was another reason I think we went into the playoffs more confident because we just knew a few games before this is what we've got to do. Whereas last year, on the last day of the season, we could have gone up in second. So, of course, your mind is in that. So we had time to prepare. And that's why when we went into that final, we looked totally ready. And, you know, like, like we knew we were going to win almost. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about Brentford now. I was an Arsenal fan too. It's our first game, you know, <laughs> Friday night under the lights. I can, I can just picture a Tony brace at least and just all the Brentford <laughs> fans going going mad but yeah well that, I, I think it's a good time to get i've got i've got well mr bainbridge you know mr bainbridge mm -hmm. uh he's an arsenal fan and um he he's always pessimistic and they do lose some horrific games don't they and i think maybe catching arsenal first day of the season and our pre-season's gone well i mean we we drew two all with manu at manu and not <laughs> it's not their team i know and but it wasn't our team we we had a lot of players out and then I, I think we deliberately matched the sides to make it interesting. Mm -hmm. And then we played West Ham. And I, well, again, it wasn't our first team, but it wasn't their first team. We lost 1-0. Guess what? Ben Rahman. Ben I saw the goal, yeah. Yeah, it and it was like, brilliant. I hope he gets more time at West Ham, by yeah. the way, because he was I a bit think, in and out of West Ham. I think it could be because of um, Lingard not coming back. I think yeah. he's going to take that number 10 role. 
make it his own. But I, when I he was a, the West Ham fans want him to play more, I think. Yeah, I think he's he was quite trigger happy at Brentford, and we didn't really see much of that at West Ham. So hopefully we'll see. Oh, more. He could be awesome. He could be yeah. awesome. But yeah, I mean, I yeah Friday's game. I you know. I, I'm going into this season just thinking, look, let's just default that you're going down and then every win is an absolute bonus. And I, but I, I do think, you know, I mean, even like your Fulhams that were rubbish last year and won five games, guess what? One of those wins was against, I don't know, Tottenham or whatever. Yeah. It, you, there's always a game like that, isn't there? And yeah, because I, I, having Arsenal, I heard their pre-season was a little bit mediocre. It was shocking. We got um, Thomas Partey, our best midfielders, injured. You're joking. Um, yeah, he's out for three or four weeks in just like a pre-season game. We lost to Tottenham. We've just got so many plugs that we still need to fill holes in, really. And but yeah, Do I need to bet on Brentford? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised, although our party replacement is a new guy called Lekonga who looks really good. Like, watch out for him. I think he's going to have a great game. Is that your new signing? Was he quite expensive? He was uh, 20 million from Andalette. He's 21 years old and he was their captain. Um, yeah. So, Sounds um, like Onyeka to me. They'll have a nice <laughs> Yeah, I have high hopes for him. So hopefully, and Ben White as well, he'll come in and do a great Oh, yeah, job, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think so, he'll slot in pretty well then? I think he's a great centre-back, yeah. But I've just got problems up top, really. Aubameyang's looks so off the pace. I think the, the Brentford fans are going to get on his back really early. Oh, and massive. <laughs> he's, I'm I mean, really he's looking struggle. forward to the atmosphere, actually, because it's never yeah. been full. We're sold out for Arsenal. And I don't know what, how much you've seen about the ground, but it's, you know, you normally have the rectangle and then there's, you know, big stand here, rectangles, basically. And what they've done is they've made it so that the ends are quite big, but then they come in in the corners. So right. you've got the, the, the sides are two rectangular stands, but the ends sort of are big and then get smaller in the corner. And my season ticket is southeast corner just as it's coming down. So I'm slightly worried that I'm not, I'm obviously not in the home end where it's big, but they've also made it so you're still quite close, you know, like Griffin Park was. So mm. it'll be fascinating to see what the, the atmosphere is like. They put the away fans in a corner, so they haven't even got an end. <laughs> so they're just in a sort of corner over there. So it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I am unreasonably excited about all this. It's, um, it's as someone of my age, I shouldn't be this excited about um, <laughs> something that's just a sport really, but it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I will this season. Most seasons, as I said, I'll go two, three games. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously going Friday. We had don't don't have a home game until like 11th September, and I've got a wedding. So um, I probably well, I think on my next home game might be that Liverpool one. In no, it must be one before that. But how exciting! Yeah, Liverpool, um, Man City. You're you're gonna. I'm I'm sure you're gonna get one big big name. Uh, at the, you're going to just defeat them and I, I, I don't know what the score will be hopefully like a 3-0 would be great with or well, the Villa <laughs> Villa Liverpool 7-2 do you remember that that was mad that was great it? yeah <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if you play it but I, I play fantasy football and I play with my friends as well and a lot of us are keeping an eye on Tony because yeah. so, someone even mentioned to Frank on the weekend they said um, two and a half million managers have Tony in their team is he going to play on Friday and he's like yeah he'll play so yeah well, he didn't, tell, he didn't play Saturday. I heard he had a minor neck injury. Minor neck injury. Fine. It's not a muscle Saturday. injury, so it should be fine. Yeah, I, I, I think they just sort of keep it safe. But yeah, he'll be there. Yeah. And also, there was a lot of talk about, oh, Tony will get sold. But I mean, one, I think the, one of the other really big things about Brentford is it, it, just, it just strikes me as a club that's always been quite family-based, but the, the club, as in the manager and the players, they all get on. And he, mm. he, I mean, he's one of these people that's got a degree, a bit like Wenger, I suppose, got a degree, got a brain, you know, no offence to a lot of managers, but um, and, and, and has got a degree in sports psychology. And I think he just is a people man. Yeah. And I think actually, if you get that bit right, the rest falls into place. Um, and and I, I, I get the impression that although obviously he could have gone to a bigger team, he just thought, you know what, I've come up with Brentford. I'm really enjoying it. I actually think they could do some, it'd be an interesting season. Yeah, all right, I could go. I mean, he's, only, he's quite young go somewhere else another season you know and um I, I think i read somewhere that uh thomas frank's got a no dickhead policy um you know so he literally you know in, in, interview players and like no he's going to be a he won't fit in with the group and i think that actually has some yeah, there's, there's an issue there you know yeah if getting on they're all working for each other it's it's important yeah i, I get where you're coming from um, do you have anything else you want to mention about Brentford? Because we might move on to the. Other I know, team. yeah. I, I've just, I've got, um, I'm just, I've literally got on my iPad here the whole uh, squad. Wondering if we've missed anyone out. 
Um, we, we oh, briefly touched M. M. Bo, M. I don't know how to say his M- name. M. You... M- Bemo, yeah. He, yeah. He, he'll be great. Um, another one, just quickly, um, is Halil Devizoglu. Something like that. He's Turkish. And I, he was totally off my radar because he was on loan all last season. He went back to Turkey, Galatasaray. And he's come back now. And he, he didn't play long on Saturday, but he played the game before. And apparently everyone said he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we've got, so t- obviously if Tony gets injured, what's our backup? We've got a bloke called Marcus Force who's plays for Finland. Yeah. I I've think heard. He's, yeah, he's good, but he, he looks, he looks like someone who won't make the step up to me, mm. but this, this Turkish player, I don't know. He looked like he might be able to do, oh, there's another player called Baptiste who was injured all last season. And he, in, he in preseason looked pretty sharp as well. Apparently, he almost scored against Man U and was all over the place. So it seems to me just generally we've got we've got obviously some good forwards with a bit of less good backup. We've got the midfield's awesome and we've got backup. Our defence is pretty damn good. But again, backup. I mean, we have got some backup central defenders that most of the fans on Twitter are worried about right back. We've got a bloke called Rosalev. He, he, he did the assist for the second goal in the playoff final. He's a good little player, but he's young and he's he's maybe not quite good enough. Uh, but then that's why we, I, I think part of the less worrying thing about that is we'll play through at the back. And then it'll either be him as a wing back or, 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 or Canos. Um, Canos, who, by the way, has been with us five years since he was about 18 and is ex-Barcelona youth. Oh, that reminds me of something else. We don't have an academy anymore. Yeah, I heard ago, about we that. We got rid of it. We just have a B team. And mm. it sort of seems to be working. We have players who do come up from the B team. And we make signings. We sign Wimbledon's young keeper. And he's going straight into the B team. And apparently he's really good. So, but, you know, so what? He's our third choice. But he'll play in the B team and yeah. play some really good matches. And that's apparently been quite useful. Um, oh, the I other big name to mention is um, De Silva, who was Arsenal youth. Yeah. Came over to us. He was brilliant last season, got a bad thigh injury. And there was talk of him, oh, God, he's going to miss the whole season. There's talk now he might miss half of this season. It's that right. bad injury. Uh, so, I mean, we've got cover, but... It's yeah. a real shame if he doesn't play for a while. Oh, but, yeah. that's a shame, yeah. Um, I think we could move on to yeah. Norwich and Watford now. Um, obviously, You're I'm going sure to know you know more than me about this. <laughs> I'm sure you don't know that much about them. But um, when you played, well, you said when you Brentford played Norwich and Watford last season. So let's start with Norwich. What did you think of how they set up? Was it just keep the yeah, ball? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very strong. I mean, obviously, they've got this Pookie up front, isn't it? Pookie, yeah. And I think that their big worry is they've sold um, Buendia, haven't they? Is that right? Yeah, to Villa. And he's like their main creative outlet. So he got 15 goals, 16 assists last season. And I think that could be a a bit of a mistake. I know it's 30 million a lot for Norwich, Mm. but it's sort of saying, you know, I I don't think they've properly replaced him either. I think I've heard that they've got Billy uh, Billy Gilmore in. Billy Gilmore, yeah. And you've probably got a whole list in front of you. But they, it sounds to me like they have made replacements. And the manager is a good manager. He's done well with them. Puki, I read that because, of course, they're a yo-yo side. When they were in the Prem two years ago, he sort of looked quite good for five games and disappeared yeah. without a trace. He and scored yet, a hat-trick in the second week and everyone went nuts. Puki party, you heard that yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. But you see, uh, it, there's an analogy here with, with, with horse racing a little bit. Um, you know, you, you, you get horses that step up in class. And if they don't show it straight away, that's sort of it, really. And yeah. part of me thinks, yeah, of course, players can progress, but it, 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 is he just not quite the deal, you know? And yeah. of course, with Tony, as we said, we don't know, but we think he will be. Watkins, we didn't know, but it looks like he'll probably be all right. Bamford did it too. Yeah. That was a yeah. really unexpected one for me, actually, because yeah. we, we came up and we thought, oh, he's um, he missed a lot of chances over at Leeds down the championship. But... I think he was a. It was just the the style in the championship. It's so different to the Premier yeah. League, and it's given him more of a license to. He gets so many assists as well. So yeah, I think Tony. If Tony's able to get, he's what well, got ten double digits in assists last season too. Mm, I, I see no reason why he can't step up. Yeah, and yeah. Going back to um, Gilmore, yeah, sorry, go on. Going back to Gilmore. Um, the I think the reason that that sort of took place is because Farker was the. Um, Dortmund B team manager when Tuchel right. was the A team manager so they have that sort of good relationship yeah. Tuchel knows that by sending him out there he's going to get so much game time and 
He's so clever on the ball, really good at passing, taking the ball in, working yeah. spaces. I think he's going to be a really good player, actually. Yeah. And played but, well in the Euros. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you said it earlier, and the, the pundits seem to be saying it. They do have Watford and Norwich as sort of slightly more likely to go down than Brentford. And yeah. I partly thinks that seems weird because we, were, we went up in the playoffs. They were first and second. But I think comparing it with the season before, Leeds went up and they look class. And as you say, they play their game and all that. And then West Brom looked average going up. And, and then obviously we lost in the playoffs to Fulham, who yeah, obviously they're a good team. But and I, to me, Norwich, even though they were champions and, and, and Watford, even though they were ahead of us, they both look a little bit like Fulham and West Brom did going up last season, whereas we yeah. look more like Leeds. I know that sounds ridiculous because Leeds were champions. <laughs> I, get, I get where you come. I agree as well, actually. And so I, um, that's why I think even the, the, the... And the bookies rarely get it wrong. Yeah, they still have us as third best. But, you know, I, I feel like we're probably going to have more of a shout. My, like I said, my only worry is, is what's going to happen in defence. I mean, I think this is why A has come to us from Celtic. I mean, what a challenge being a defender in a promoted side against all these teams. You're a defender. You want to be up against the best strikers. I mean, what yeah. a challenge. Yeah. And I, I, I'm still a bit nervous about that. Going forward, you know, we'll score goals. Anyway, sorry, back to... Yeah, so um, just going on about Norwich as well, just because they had um, Ollie Skip on loan from Spurs last season right. and he sort of dictated the ball a lot and he's not back on loan. So he was right. sort of the reason they played this sort of keep the ball, you know, keep possession. And mm. it really it really works out in the Premier League, I feel. And they made one other signing, actually. Made, they signed a guy called Rashika from the Bundesliga. He's just like a winger right. who's not got that much end product by the sounds of it but these signings Gilmore and Rashika sort of make or break for Norwich they're the if they're going to stay up it's going to be because of them because you know Campwell, Pukki they did all right last last right. time they were up but they didn't do enough to keep them up obviously. Do you think their squad's not deep enough because I mean funnily enough I just remember we signed another player just yesterday Wissa from a French uh, Lorraine French side and apparently yeah. he's he's like our Ben Rama replacement he's a left winger Wow. And I mean, I have no idea how good he is, but you know, we've just got so much backup in midfield. Yeah, and I think I, you look at them, you just think, God, I don't mind if someone goes in for someone else there. I mean, honestly, uh, yeah. I didn't even mention Godass; he, he's all right as well. And and it just seems to me that these two other teams, Watford and Norwich, I don't know. It's as you say, if their key players don't play, yeah, what happens? And um, yeah, talk, talking about Watford now, they had a bit of a merry-go-round with their managers. So yeah. they had a guy called Ivic, I think. Yeah. And he went halfway through the season. They brought in another random guy from, he just managed 11 games in like an Eastern European team and they brought yeah. him in, Cisco Muno. And he first went for a 4-4-2 to try and get Dini more involved. Yeah. But it meant Ishmael Assar, their best winger, they're basically their talisman now. He got pushed wide and not that not yeah. that far forward. So they then reverted to a 4-3-3 and won like 14 of their last 18 games or something. Yeah, it's much better, yeah. So well, my, my Watford friend was continually pessimistic. And of course, we beat Watford. Uh, we were second last game of the season, but of course, it didn't matter anymore. And it was a real shame because with 10 games to go, you looked at the fixture list, you thought, oh, penultimate game, Watford, that's going to be yeah. massive. Yeah. And then, of course, as you say, they just kept winning. And they just pulled away. And, and we were close, but we just drew too many. We weren't losing. We just drew too many. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a shame. And, 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 but, you know, these things happen. Um, um, Watford have made a couple signings. They signed Josh King and Danny Rose, oh, which yeah. are Premier League proven players, obviously. So hopefully they'll help them make the step up. A lot of the squad have already played before. That's what I yeah. think is going in Norwich and Watford's favour, that they've got players that have already yeah. tasted what Premier League football is like. So... They should know what to expect. Not that yeah. it will do them any favours necessarily. But. but do you think, do you think though, that there's the advantage of the experience of the Premier League, but the disadvantage of sort of knowing you weren't good enough? And it's, yeah. it's, it's balancing those two things. I mean, they keep talking about yo-yo clubs and there is an element, isn't there, of you go up and you're not quite... I, it just seems to me as well, just from the outside, that, that the mistake some clubs make is they go up and they're continually told, look, if you don't spend money, you'll go straight back down. And they sort of overdo it. And what I'm, I hope happens at Brentford is, yes, we've got players in, but A, they fit in with a style of play. And B, it, some of them won't even start. I, oh, I didn't mention the little 18-year-old we got from Chelsea. Miles, uh, MPH, I call him, Miles Pert Harris. I heard he about won't him. Start. 
He no. won't start, but he could be awesome in the future. So, you know, we, we, we've got these players in and it's back up, whatever. But I'm just hoping we that the team is still the same, but with strengthening. And you can't not strengthen, but you can't just, oh, get all these random people in who are really good and hope it'll all be okay. And Yeah, I, I don't think know. Got a good system. I, I think I, mm. I definitely back Brentford more than the other two teams, to be honest. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> based on what you've said as well it's definitely helped so yeah it's been yeah. great um, I mean obviously to... it's biased you know because it's my team but also I just know more about them I mean I you know I it's it's, it's, it's it's all I really know about Watford and and Norwich is they were above us they were good teams and and their teams at yo-yo a bit and and that that in terms of their survival prospects that worries that worries me and, and I, I will talk further with my two friends as the season goes on and that mm-hmm. they'll probably be similarly pessimistic <laughs> I think we should see. Brentford should have more hunger as well, as you said, just because they haven't been up yet. They're going to have that sort of yeah. feeling that they can stay up. You know, a lot of the bookies are backing them. I don't see why yeah. they why they yeah. couldn't. Um, What's going to be interesting is whether, I mean, I've got a friend who's, a, as I t- said, Bournemouth fan, and they went up and stayed up for five years. Yeah. Brighton have been up, what, three, four years now? They're um, growing as well. Strength, yeah, strength. exactly. And they did a similar thing to us in terms of building a new stadium before they were even the Premier League and they knew it was coming type thing. Um, but then Sheffield United looked excellent and then were suddenly rubbish. So it, even if we stay up, the, uh, I think our, our, our t- uh, you know, the owner and the and directors of football and the management team, they're, they're trying to think long term. Obviously, it's a, be brilliant if we just stay up. But they, they are, they, they don't want to just turn up. They've, they've got a long term plan. And I think that, is important. It just strikes me, I mean, this sounds really unfair on other clubs, but it just strikes me that Brentford is run by a bunch of people who are quite clever. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you talk about your big Sams and whatever, and, you know, get it up there. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's almost like the job of a Mandarin in the old days was just, come on, you know, just being <laughs> up. Yeah. You know, there's that, there's that famous tweet that comes out every Saturday. you got to, you got to die to get three points. Oh, I can't yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's the way it was. And it just seems that Brentford, have, they've all got brains, you know. Yeah. I saw a podcast with the two directors of football. They were talking on the Basotic podcast for about an hour. And you just sat there listening going, God, they really thought this through, you know. <laughs> really thought it through. Yeah. And that's what makes me optimistic, to be honest. You know, we'll lose games. We'll lose games horribly. But like you said, ho- hopefully we won't have our traditional poor start. Because like, as you say, we've got some okay fixtures. Hmm. And um, just just to finish off, I think we were, we're going to go through where we think Brentford will finish. I want a prediction from you of the not not just saying, oh, I think they'll survive relegation. You know, like an actual league position. Yeah, um, um, funny enough, uh, the besotted uh, on, online they 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 did a little you know a, a Twitter survey, and uh, top of my head, uh, they the four options were relegated, just survived, comfortable bottom table, or sneak into the top, and I think. Only about 6% said we'll be in the top half. There's always some. Yeah. Only 7% said we'll definitely be relegated. I mean, that's over-optimistic, I think. And then it was something like 48% comfortable-ish bottom half and about what? what how much is left? Uh, I don't know, about 30% said yeah. squeak it. And I, I'm in, somewhere in one of those two camps. Um, let's see. 16 is survival. No, 17 is survival, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think... I. I don't know. It really depends on how, how it all... Because within about five games, we'll be going, yeah, they're not coping. I mean, mm. if, we, if we cope, I, I, I think doing a Leeds is not out of the question. But equally, we could be relegated. So I suppose I should split the difference and say we're going to be... We'll survive, but it'll be like, you know, 15, 16, something like that. I think that's probably fair, which means I need to know five teams that are worse than us. So I've got to have Watford, Norwich. I think Palace. I Burnley. Arsenal, Burnley. Burnley haven't invested heavily at all, have they? Yeah. So I think they look in a bit of trouble. I um, think it's Newcastle's time as well. Yeah. Um, so there's five teams right there. Yeah. And that would put us 15. So, you know, I, I think a lot of neutrals are certainly looking forward to watching Brentford. And, mm, and, yeah, and I certainly am. Yeah. Oh, and like I said earlier, being on match of the day. <laughs> so now we turn to Brentford, the newly promoted. <laughs> it's going to be great. Who is this Yana? Onyeka, where did they get him from? <laughs> oh, that pinnock looks good. Who does he play? Oh, he's Jamaica. All oh, right. That's going to be so fun. Yeah. And um, I want you to give me who you think will be Brentford Player of the Year and just Premier League overarching Player of the Year. 
Oh, much less bothered about the second one. Uh, the first one, I genuinely think it might be the person I mentioned first, Yana. His name is Vitaly Yanelt. Watch, watch this space. He, he is an absolute... I mean, he, he was lucky in a way because he was bought as cover for Norgard. And then Norgard got injured at the start of the season, last season. So he started almost... He's 21. He's, you know, he's too young, really. And he started and he just banged straight in. Just no messing. And like I said, on Saturday, he looked awesome. And, I mean, we'll see. But on Yekka, obviously, we don't know much about him. Like, yeah, 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 a new defender could be. And, of course, you know, Tony could knock in 20 and we all love him. But I, I, even this season, when, when he got scored 31, 10 assists, I still thought that Yanel was my player of the season. Because he's not doing what he's doing without Yanel absolutely bossing the midfield, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I think he might be our player of the season. Um, what, the whole Premier League? Um, I sort of don't care. Um, I quite like Grealish to have a good season. Yeah. I, I, I'd love Ben Rama to have a good season. I mean, ex, being utterly biased again, ex-Brentford. <laughs> but I think he didn't get a proper run out and, and he could be awesome. I don't know. Lovely. Did you watch the, the, the last game he played for Brentford? Because he didn't quite go right at the start of the season. He played... Because this is the other thing, by the way. We beat four Premier League teams in the League Cup last season and got to the really? semi-final. And wow. I remember at one point thinking, are we going to beat more Premier League sides than Fulham this season? Because we'd already beaten four and they'd only beaten three at the time or something. So, And, and in the game, it, we beat Fulham in that cup. And Ben Rama scored this goal, look at it on YouTube, where he's going away from the goal and the defender's behind him. And he, nut, he does a reverse nutmeg swings around him and then slots it in the corner. It was a ridiculous goal. And then he got sold and it basically put a couple of million on his price and then he went off yeah. to West Ham. And I, I think he'll do, really do a job at West Ham if they give him a goal. Yeah, I just hope he gets the consistency right. Yeah. So I think that's where he's lacking. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'd, yeah I'd love to see Grealish um, make good. Because I, I do like him, you know. I like him too, yeah. He, he cuts, uh, I think before the Euros, he was quite unpopular, but that sort of, United everyone, especially when he wasn't starting, everyone was like, oh, where's it was an easy thing to moan about, you know, where's yeah. Grealish, where's Grealish? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we've really... all got a soft spot, haven't we, for players that basically have a go and run at defenders. And and that, you know, we had John Barnes back in the past, Gazza, of course, you know, and Beardsley was good. But there's a, there's all these players, and you just sit and you huddle maybe, and, and you just think, oh, can't just let them go, you know. <laughs> and and that's why I hope, you know, Canos is a bit like that, and and you know. Uh, and Bayer's going to be a bit like that. I hope they go for it. Really chase it. Yeah, really have a go. Right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Joe. Um, I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, Josh.